You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day, we study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church, and while you're there, download our free mobile app. We've got a digital Bible got all of our teachings. We've got an online community that you can be a part of. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, and leave a five-star review. That helps people decide whether or not they want to listen to this study. And I believe that the study that we've put together here over the course of the last year is one that will bless people. We go through uh, the Gospels and so far through the New Testament, right? The Gospel of John, Gospel of Matthew, we go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and I hope that you are being blessed by this. We are going to continue here. We studied yesterday the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, right? Jesus takes a an opportunity to teach us, and we'll teach them first, and now us as we read it, right? what it means to really operate in the kingdom of God and to be happy when others come to him, right? The Understand the dynamic of what's going on during this time, right? You have the Israelites and the religious leaders who, you know, feel in their heart that they've been with God this whole time, right? But what we see is anger and frustration and resentment for those who who they had outcast and now Jesus is going to them, right? From the lepers to the tax collectors to the Gentiles, right? That was blowing their mind that Jesus was sitting with both the Jew and the Gentile, teaching them, serving them, blessing them. And Jesus uses the parable of the laborers, Right? And how does that parable go? Basically, that some workers were picked up in the morning and brought to the vineyard. Some were right there at the end. And the ones that were there the whole day working had resentment for those who had just come to the vineyard at the end and were getting the full reward. Right, All were paid the same. And it is, if we look at it in its proper context, right, it is pointing to how in that first century, those who had been around, the religious leaders, had resentment toward those who were now being brought into the kingdom of God. Okay? And it is a lesson for us to, you know, all of us that are laboring for God now to, to be happy as God is happy and, and rejoice for those who even in the last hour come to Jesus, right? And for them, it was the last hour of the old covenant. It was the end of the age that was that we are seeing. We are literally reading the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant. That's what Jesus is establishing, right? Is the kingdom of God being established here on earth. By the way, this is the kingdom that you and I can operate in to whatever degree we wish to participate. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus, and we are his disciples walking this earth. We are the modern-day apostles and prophets, and some of you may not be familiar with those terms, evangelists, pastors, teachers, ministers, saints. We're all given gifts to bless the world around us, 
So we see a pattern here over the last couple chapters, I would say starting with chapter 18, although not really, Jesus has been hitting on these points where the disciples are trying to figure out who is the greatest in the kingdom. It's how Matthew chapter 18 starts. And Jesus is continuously trying to express to them what it means to be great. And what he really means and how he loves others. And for instance, the parable of the 99 and the one, right? It says that God rejoices when the one is found that is lost. But the disciples are keep asking, they keep asking, what does it mean to be the greatest? And we'll study tomorrow a mother's request, which is along these same lines. And they just weren't getting it. They weren't getting it because for so long, favor from God, blessings from God, being right with God was often correlated with physical rewards, right? Money, wealth, riches, properties, admiration of others. These are all the things that they strived for, and it really did not, did not equate to being great in the kingdom. So Jesus tells this parable, and what we're going to study today is we're going to pa- almost, I, I almost feel like this is a pause in the middle of everything, because Jesus stops right after the parable, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 through 19, two, two uh, verses, three verses here, and Jesus just stops and prepares them for what they're about to witness and go through. And we see where we are now in the gospel. We're in, again, this final stage where they are going into Jerusalem for that last Passover, for the last supper. And we're going to see in just a few days the triumphal entry, right? Where we walk in and they lay palms at the feet of Jesus. And these disciples who are trying to figure out who's going to be the greatest Jesus stops, and we'll start with verse 17. It says, And as Jesus was about to go up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside and by themselves, and on the way he said to them. So he takes his 12 to the side. And he says, starting with verse 18 here, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. And will deliver him to the Gentiles, and to mock and scourge and crucify him. And on the third day he will be raised up. Now, as we'll see tomorrow, we just kind of go right into another conversation. So we don't see whether or not the disciples reacted to this in a, in a certain way. And maybe what we study tomorrow, a mother's request for the greatness of her sons is the reaction, which is a very strange reaction to this. But here's the sense that we get, is that they did not understand what was about to take place. And so often, we don't know what we're going to have to deal with, and that might be a blessing in a sense where, you know, sometimes when we get an inkling of confrontation, things, challenges, we bail, right? We, we run from those things, so maybe they just weren't ready. Maybe God, in his grace, hid them from understanding what they would have to see. But Jesus, 
But what they couldn't say is that Jesus didn't warn them about what was going to happen. He says, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests, and they will condemn him to death, and will mock him. They will deliver him to the Gentiles, scourge him, crucify him, and on the third day he will be raised up. So Jesus shares with them, hey, I'm about to be condemned. I'm about to be betrayed. Betrayed by who? The chief priests? Yes. The scribes? Yes. But also by the disciples. They ran. They slept while they were outside the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is praying and and they're sleeping. He's getting dragged off. They're running. Only a few of them followed and didn't follow very closely. They didn't want to get arrested. But Jesus knew he was going to be condemned. He knew he was going to be betrayed. He knew that he was, what, passed off to the Gentiles. They, had, they, they didn't even have the authority to crucify him. They had to turn him over to the Romans to be passed on and to be punished unjustly, to be mocked, to be scourged, to be crucified, to be humiliated. And that's what we just take a few minutes and reflect on today. What he did for us, the sacrifice that he did for us. And I want to just point this out, that he knew the condemnation was going to come. He knew the betrayal was going to come. He knew he was going to be passed along. He knew that the whole trial that they were going to go through, that is an awesome study. Maybe one day we'll get into that a little bit more. But every aspect of the trial of Jesus was illegal. It was illegal. They broke so many of their own laws to punish him unjustly <clears throat> that it's, it's crazy. There's a book out there called The Trial of Jesus, and it is it is staggering the the lengths that they went to to crucify him. But I want to point out that he did it anyway. He did it anyway. He knew it. See, the disciples didn't understand what was going on. Jesus knew everything that he had to go through. Everything. And he did it anyway. And again, so many of us, we face challenges in our life and we bail. Or sometimes we don't even know the challenges. We just kind of create them in our mind and, and we, we don't move because of what could be. Just reflect on that for a moment. Jesus knew everything that he would have to go through. And he did it anyway. Because the mission of his life was greater than the suffering. And that's my prayer for you. Not that you would have to suffer, but that the mission of your life becomes so great that it doesn't matter what challenges that you face, that you're going to push through, that you're going to do it anyway. Both the challenges that you know that you're going to come across and the challenges that you don't know. You have no idea. And I do believe that sometimes it's a grace of God that we don't fully understand the sacrifice Because a lot of us would bail. But my prayer for you, my prayer for me, as we 
you know, go into this next season, go into this new year. At the time you're listening to this, it's the end of 2023, but, you know, this will be the same no matter when, if it's July, this next season of your life is meant to be one where you take steps forward. And it's not going to be without its challenges. But I pray that you understand that the mission on your life is greater than the challenges. Because everything Jesus did, he didn't do it for himself, which we'll get into tomorrow a little bit more. He was not condemned for his own glory. He was condemned for me and you. He was not betrayed so he could walk around and say, can't believe they did that to me. A lot of times we take our hurts and we use it as almost like a crutch, as a badge of honor, not for ourselves. He was betrayed for you and for me. He was passed off, and every single one of us can, can relate to this. Who here, within the sound of my voice, has not been betrayed? Have you not been betrayed? If you have not, I want to know. I want to know what circles you hang around in. Because I promise you, one thing that I've learned now 15 years or so in ministry is that very often you pour into others and ultimately betrayal is inevitable. It happens. People will walk away from you. People will mistreat you. People will underappreciate you. This is not me touting that. Listen, that's me. It's you. Apostle Johnny from Sound of Heaven, I, I love the way he puts it because, you know, I've a good part of my ministry life now, a better part of 10 years. It's been alongside with him and everybody here at Sound of Heaven. And one of the things that always amazes me is how people can can honestly be blessed and, you know, just one one day, you know, walk away. And, and one day I expressed to him, I said, hey, I said, I can't believe this. He goes, well, and I appreciated this. He said, I don't do it for them. I do it for God. I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And the mission on Jesus's life was for a greater calling than his physical body and his physical needs and his physical comfort, which means that he would go through all that. He would go through the condemnation, the betrayal, the scourging, the punishment, the humiliation. He did it. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. Even the fact that he was raised from the dead. He didn't get up and say, hey, look at me. Look how great I am. I defeated death. No. He went right back to teaching. Because even him being raised and resurrected wasn't for him. He could have went right back to the right hand of the Father and continued on as God, as the Word, the one which whom all things were created, nothing that's been created was not created, uh, was created through Jesus. I didn't say that right. Everything that has been created was created through Jesus. Jesus is the entry point in the Godhead where everything is birthed into the physical, and then everything in the physical gets rebirthed, reborn back to the Father. And that's my reflection today. One that we should always remember, the sacrifice that Jesus went forward. He walked into Jerusalem. And as we'll see in the next couple days, 
The same people that will be cheering for him were cheering for his crucifixion. That is the walk of ministry sometimes. It's a walk of serving him. It's picking up our cross and following him. It's no matter what, whether there's accolades involved or not, and a lot of times there won't be, that what we do is for a greater purpose than our own glory. It's for his glory, for the glory of the Father. And God is glorified when others are blessed through me and through you. When we embark on missions that even if we get betrayed, even if we don't get, quote, unquote, what we deserve, and I use quotes for that, because ultimately what we all deserve is to be punished, right? The wages of our sin is death. But Jesus paid the ransom for us all. And if you ever feel underappreciated, just understand, there's no one you could find that's probably less appreciated than Jesus in its entirety. But we can pause for a moment and just thank him and just come to him with gratitude for what he did for us, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that those who believe in him shall never perish but have eternal life so that we would not have to succumb to our sins and our imperfections and our misfortunes but have a greater hope that goes beyond this world right? The focus on the eternal, not the temporary. That's what we've been studying the last few days is, is, and the last few weeks, really, is, is Jesus trying to get them out of that mindset that, hey, it's not about these earthly rewards, but you will be blessed here on earth, but pursue a higher calling. And even though it's, you know it's going to be tough, he never promised it'd be easy. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. When you realize that you're doing something that's, that goes beyond the physical rewards, then you're blessed. You're blessed with a higher calling than to just exist on this earth for a fleeting vapor for, for just a short time. That you're creating treasures in heaven by blessing the world around you. Amen? So we take a moment and we reflect on his death and his resurrection, which he foretells here to his disciples, whether they understood it completely or not. They were going to have to go through some struggles of their own, but he would lead the way, knowing full well what he would go through, but he did it anyway, and that is love. That's not a self, selfish love. It's a selfless love. to know that it's going to be tough but to do it anyway for those of you that are parents you know there's nothing that you wouldn't do for your kids and if you and I who are imperfect take that position how much more the father in heaven how much more does he love us amen let's pray father God in the mighty name of Jesus we just reflect on the awesome selfless sacrifice of Jesus and what that means for our life and how much you love us, Lord. And we just want to thank you. Thank you that you are willing to go and be mocked and scourged and punished and betrayed. You are willing to do that anyway. 
just we want to follow that example. Not that we want a hardship or we welcome hardship, but we understand that the road ahead is not always easy. But it's worth it because our calling is greater than what we see, what we taste, what we touch, what we smell, what we hear. It's greater than the physical world around us. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. This is the 1% Christian, 100 starts with one. Go out and do something amazing for Christ's sake. Love you guys. Have a great day.